evening, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Britton. And today we're going to talk about a movie, like always. So yep. strap yourselves in for the ride of your lives. This is Death Train. All right, let's get started. So, uh, this was a movie from, I think, 1992 or 3? 93. 93. And I'm going to let Britain do a very brief recap of it before we really uh, dive into it. So, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? So, this is a relatively low-budget movie, but it is absolutely star-studded. It has Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Stewart. It has... Uh, Pierce Brosnan it has Ted Levine and it has uh, Christopher Lee. You know, just a lot of big names associated in this movie that was kind of kind of dumb. Oh yeah. Uh, What's up? No, no, I was just checking my thing. I thought my thing was falling oh. down. My uh, uh, arm here. Okay. Uh, so the the plot is is uh, Ted Levine is uh, hired by uh, uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee uh, to you know, move a train uh, carrying a nuclear weapon uh, to, uh, I, I think... Eventually Iraq. Ev- yeah, eventually Iraq to kind of destabilize the area. And, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart and his gang of, uh, of, of people, which includes Pierce Brosnan in a awful uh, American accent. He, he's supposed to be like a, a, a redneck type yeah, of person. He, he, I think he was... Didn't they like find him in Kentucky? Yeah, they found him in Kentucky and he was uh, doing these... Uh, like trying to like soup up his bike for yeah. uh, for a race, and at one point one of the characters actually calls him a redneck. Yeah, like... I, I was just assuming he was a you know an American, but... I... I like there was no indication... That he was anything but British, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like they found the most uh, the most British redneck they could find. Yeah. Like he he went to Oxford, <laughs> but uh, eventually, uh, you know, through whatever, you know, th- there was a lot of uh, you know cat and mouse somehow in this very slow moving train. The, yeah. the, the train always, you know, there's action sequences that do take place on the train, but they always amount to the same yeah. thing, which is because it's not just a train with a nuke, it's a train also full of hostages, so they yeah. don't want the hostages to get killed. And Because every, every time they intervene, they kill hostages. Yeah, so, I mean, and they kill a lot of hostages, so... Um, like the first time they try to land somebody on the train, but then the person uh, that's Pierce Brosnan, yeah. then he gets shot at, and so they he just jumps off the train. He doesn't jump jump off it, off yell- the train. He yells at the helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter he w- winds at the helicopter, and they come back and lower a ladder for him. And he just kind of scoots off. Yeah. And then the second time, the train is just kind of going very slowly through this tunnel while they're building the track ahead of them. Yeah. And. Uh, so they, you know, they come in, they try to stop it, and they have all these, like, you know, people there, and they get on the train, and then they get off the train again, yeah. because the people are shooting at them. It's like, what, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, may- maybe Indiana Jones was in there, like, no tickets. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. And then the last, uh, the last, uh, attempt of anything is, um... The uh, the bad guy, the guy who's like hijacked this train, uh, yeah. pay, uh, played by Ted Levine of uh, Buffalo Bill fame. Yep, uh, he was Buffalo Bill's quarterback. Um, no, he was a uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. He once uh, like CNN or I'm sorry GNN <laughs> to basically interview him and show the nuke to the world. Yeah. So he asks a uh, 
like one of the reporters and a camera person to come on and record him. And the camera person is one of the agents, and bada bing, bada boom, they they kill him and take yeah. over. And uh, that, that's really about it in a yeah, nutshell. It, it, it like there is a another plot, you know, small plot about a second bomb, but you know nothing really. It literally is a dud. Yeah, there's and, nothing uh, in it. Yeah, and the movie kind of ends. Yeah, they just walk off. And he's like, I wonder who won the race. And then that's it. That's yeah. the end. Of, that's the last line of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and they do the the freeze frame. And and uh, it, it, a lot of flaws with this one. Uh, of course. And like, uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. The the, the acting was all right, you know, except for you know one glaring uh, accent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I can't you know really flaw the movie on its acting though the uh, you know the the woman in it yeah uh, she wasn't very good she she was a little bit uh, yeah a ham yeah, she's yeah. a very hammy actor she yeah she you know she would scream like a red brown every time <laughs> she would uh, shoot shoot a gun so uh, here's what I'm gonna say about this movie is that yeah. um, this I, I have actually two really big things I want to talk about in this. Okay. Um, the first is kind of like a lesser point, but uh, I'm always whining and complaining about like a lot of modern movies, uh, especially the ones we see on Netflix. Like, yeah. um, trying to think of one that we did for the podcast that was just slow, like uh, like that uh. that uh, what was his name. Uh, uh, Ivan Drago. Um, oh, uh, the uh, the tracker. Yeah, the tracker. Like, and, yeah, that didn't. Yeah, like. This movie was a bad movie, and you could tell it was a bad movie with probably a very uh, uh, minimal budget. Yet, they still found, I guess, a way to keep you engaged. They still had uh, a lot of neat ideas, and most impressively, they had very interesting stunt work. Like, I yeah. was impressed at some of the stunts that I was seeing. Like, it had, it had a stunt guy jumping off a helicopter or, you know, an actual helicopter... Yeah, hovering above a train near power lines. There, yeah. there were there was actual people in danger. Yeah, and there's uh, there's something almost uh, almost like more uh, I don't want to say visceral, but there's something there's something there's a charm to it. Yeah, that's like these these are this is real. I'm seeing something real, and uh, I know this isn't the time or the place, but I do believe that stunt people should um, be given Oscar nods and contention for that. I would mm. love to see not it doesn't have to be individual stunt person, just a stunt team or a movie yeah. that does the best stunts because especially in a movie like this, like yeah, this 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 maybe not have been an Oscar winning script or movie. Uh, no. But like I if I'm coming up to somebody and talking about the stunts in a movie, then you know they were at least impressive. Yeah. Like Terminator two had fantastic stunts. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, and that that like people should get fucking uh, recognition for it. No, I, I I can get on that. Like uh, a, a, at least some kind of acknowledgement. Yeah. So I'll step off my soapbox now, yeah. and I'll talk about the second thing, which uh, I really liked about this movie, or I did like about this movie, because overall it was it was okay. It was a it was a fine popcorn flick you know, just check your brain at the door kind of thing and just don't expect a lot and you'll yeah. have a good time it, it it was ridiculous is what it was have and have a it, bad movie night but it you. was it was a good ridiculous good ridiculous but i will say that ted levine he didn't act like this was a throwaway script or a bad movie not at all he gave it his absolute i would say he because a lot of the movie um, he's talking on a uh, telephone or a radio to patrick stewart patrick stewart's kind of 
uh, in command, yeah, and he's and like, he's still he he's still Captain Picarding it basically in uh, in, a, in his role, and he does a great job. Uh, and Ted Levine is usually talking to him on the other end, and there's you know it's almost diehardish with their you know because they do have a little bit of a camaraderie or a little bit of chemistry yeah. to them, but like I would say by the end I was like you know. Ted Levine, Ted Levine outacted him, like... You think so? Oh, 100%. Like, he... Because towards the end, like, um... I actually started feeling a little bit of sympathy for him. Yeah. Like, I know he was a bad guy, and, you know, so, like, when he gets, uh... When he gets, you know, killed, it's like, you know, he kind of got his, uh... His just desserts. Yeah. But, you know, there were moments when, Because uh, he was almost... He was, like, really a pawn for Christopher Lee. Like, Christopher Lee didn't tell him... Like everything, he gave him a number to contact him in case of emergencies, but the number, you know, didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't tell him that he was just going to remotely detonate the bomb. And you know, when Patrick starts like relating this information to him, he's like, you know, he's trying to appeal to his reason. Yeah. And it actually starts to work a little bit for Ted Levine. And uh, he doesn't, he never backs down, but he still kind of is like, like, yeah, I'm being used here. I don't like the fact that I'm being used. You know, so he tries to change up his plans a little bit. Yeah. And you, you kind of, even though he's a bad guy, you kind of, he found a, a, almost a spark of humanity in it. Yeah, well, it, and, you know, the, you know, the, the thing is, is that, uh, he, he does play kind of the, you know, the working class American that, uh, you know, that is, uh, gone down the wrong path unfortunately but yeah. it is kind of a byproduct of you know being used and chewed up and spit back out and uh you know is is rebelling against that and you know it is something that that, that can be sympathetic yeah he uh he took a movie with a probably on paper a just generic bad guy yeah and he found a way to make him interesting and i again like i was like three quarters away through the movie when he was like you know getting the the C uh, the GNN crew onto <laughs> his uh, onto his train like I, there was a part of me that just kind of didn't want uh, it didn't want him his like scenes to end you know I was like yeah, he he's he is giving it his all like he he's engrossing and he didn't yeah. need to be and that's why Ted Levine is a fucking professional <laughs> like he he is one of those actors that I think is you know genuinely uh, underrated like yeah I know he usually does bit parts mm -hmm. uh, except for you know Buffalo Bill yeah when he was in Silence of the Lambs but he never like uh, he he can really do uh, a good job acting and uh, I, I Kind of wish he was in more stuff. Like it's kind of funny because we were talking about this when the when we were, when the movie started, and it was like going through all the the list of credits, and we saw Ted Levine. I'm like, man, we like it just seems that he just pops up. Yeah. Like every now and again, we'll just be watching a movie, and then all of a sudden, there's a Ted Levine. Wasn't he also yeah. in was it Outbreak? I think uh, was that the one was with he Dustin in Hoffman. Yeah, I, he might have been. He's a, he usually plays a lot of a uh, military. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of military personnel. We got a virus here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop the virus before before it gets out of control. Did someone accidentally take a virus <laughs> and you're giving these people? We we need to contain this. I, I've got all hostages on, on the trail. <laughs> I and mean, I got a nuclear bomb, which pretty much makes me in control. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan that he he wasn't gonna tell me. Uh, about the remote bomb, but I, I get it, you know, I can, 
if I, you know, I'm not gonna change the channel on the TV. If I have a remote, I'm gonna use it when I have to. My Ted Levine's turning a little bit into John Madden. <laughs> Here's a guy who doesn't know when to detonate a bomb. Here's a guy who has a nuke, but he also has the detonator. And what happens when you get the detonator in the bomb? Oh boy, it goes haywire. <laughs> and it, that I mean, now I just want to kind of flip the role and see Ted Levine doing like John Madden's job on like a. Uh, uh, doing sports commentating, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> got some penetration through the offensive line. That's how we got touched down. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's Ted Levine with like a mouthful of cocoa puffs. <laughs> he, he's like the kid from uh, a Christmas story with a mouthful of potatoes. <laughs> Show me how the piggy eats. <laughs> Show me how the piggy eats. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So and, uh, Ted Levine, but yeah, yeah, I, I, but I, I, I imagine like when one of the things I like to do is just imagine, uh, you know, good actors but in the wrong roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do like, that a lot. Of things, yeah, yeah. And I, I think we did this. Yeah, not the, the other night as well with the what was the movie? It was Arnold with in uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, was... but like I, I think we can. You know, Ted Levine has such a distinctive voice. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I I think that you know, there are a lot of situations where it wouldn't call for that voice. Like I'm Spartacus. <laughs> he's very he's very it's Spartacus without uh, without any confidence. Yeah, he's just he doesn't want to have to stand up. Like, that's the thing he's more aggravated about. <laughs> it actually has to, like, I'm, I've been working all yeah, day doing I've, slave I've, stuff, I'm tired. I've been walking so long, I finally get the chance to sit down, this guy's asking my name. Yes. He's Spartacus, I'll just point you <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, who's this other guy think he is? <laughs> Let's see, uh, like, I, I guess the, the goat, the, the easiest one is to put him in, uh, in a Jimmy Stewart role. <laughs> Zuzu's pedals. <laughs> Bert, my lips bleeding, Bert. Now I, now okay, okay. Let, let's yeah, let's take this idea and let's kind of like run with it a little bit and do uh, like now. Just imagine if Ted Levine is like you know. The one who gets It's a Wonderful Life. Not Buffalo, but just Ted Levine is the one who gets to see his life without, you know, a world without Ted Levine. Okay. Like, uh... Jody Foster, don't you recognize me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they're friends in real life. Merry Christmas, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> who is that man? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good, man. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I love Ted? Alright? I've had a busy day. Trying to shop. Does anyone else smell burning toast? I just imagine him, like, coming home from a hard day of work, just like, you know, if he works at another job. Ted, how you know he works as uh, like the coal mines? Hey, yeah, some like laborious factory. Like he, he works in that Willy Wonka steel mill from <laughs> Terminator Two. Ted, how was your day? 
Oh, it's just awful. Nick is liquid nitrogen truck came through it. And it just got everywhere. <laughs> and then, you know, they had to shut the place down, and it wasn't paid leave. And I had to sweep this guy up who was once, <laughs> uh, who was once apparently made of metal. And, and then, then this guy and then another guy, they fell into our big pit of lava and molten steel, and it just ruined the entire thing. Like, we had to flush it, we had to get rid of it all because uh, it was impure. And then some other guys just went in there. And, I, <laughs> and, like, and then the kid's crying about it, but he's pushing the button. And then they start throwing things. They actually throwing things, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they throw a microchip in there, and the plastic's not very good when you when you mix it with yeah, something like well, molten steel. Like it really ruins the carbon content of the steel. <laughs> and then she's like, you know, okay, Ted, that that that's great, but you know, you we haven't paid our electric bill in two months, and they called us, and they're really threatening. You don't know what I do all day. My job's hard. Well, I, I'm going to have to talk to the union foreman about this. It, it, it's getting out of hand. And then the power kind of starts flickering. <sighs> it's just all I need for this. I just, I just want to watch the game. <laughs> no, here's a guy. <laughs> here's a guy who doesn't know how to run a steel mill. <laughs> so... Yeah, Ted Levine is a national treasure. Yeah, he is, and uh, I, 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 you know, I have to go on IMDb and just just see what he's doing. Yeah, I, uh, I do too. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Uh, Alexa, is Ted Levine still acting? He'd better be. Here's something I found on the web. Uh huh. According to JurassicOutpost.com, uh -huh. Variety just exclusively revealed that Ted Levine has joined the cast, uh -huh. who have no details on the role he will be playing. Huh. Uh, uh, okay, they, so Jurassica. That sounds that sounds fun. Is that a porno? Listen, I <laughs> <laughs> You bet Jurassica. Show me all the piggies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Alright, so let's pretend it's not a porno. Let's just probably what do you think Jurassica is about? I have a couple ideas in my head. I'm not gonna look it up. Because that would ruin the, the integrity. Uh, I'll do it after the podcast. Jurassica, I'm gonna say, is a a really really shitty dumb uh, action movie uh, along the lines of Ultraviolet. Okay, and it it, it, it has a you know a, a very a hot woman as the main uh, protagonist. So she's like a half woman, half dinosaur kind of thing. No, oh. I mean, she's just. Like, like I she, guess I'm the only one who finds dinosaurs sexy. Okay, I go ahead. <laughs> like, like I, I imagine she's like a cave woman, like that that girl from Land of the Lost. Oh, okay. And uh, like stink. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, Natasha. I, I don't. I don't think we're in the same wavelength here. <laughs> I don't get it at all. But go ahead. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, I. Uh, yeah, that's what I think it is. <laughs> that's okay. So she's Jurassica. <laughs> yeah, she's Jurassica. Alright, actually, I was thinking along the lines of a... Like, uh, kind of a... Made-for-kids movie, like, uh... Kind of like Robo-Dog, just a very low-budget movie about, uh, some, you know, old father or grandfather... Or some mad scientist who's Ted Levine yeah. and uh, a couple of kids on, on a school field trip to this laboratory, like, gets sent back 
in time and have to like you know kind of get their way out of uh out of these like wacky adventures they get in Jurassic time period all right and uh it's kind of funny but now that I think about it like it's not you know, Ted Levine has appeared in kids movies oh yeah oddly enough like I uh, I was quite surprised when uh, he was one of the characters in flubber yep I, I remember we were watching it and here's the funny thing uh, this is a true story yeah um that was where I actually learned the name Ted Levine oh yeah Be because we were watching it and you're like oh that's Ted Levine and I'm like oh it is <laughs> like, well, hey, who, who's Ted Levine Buffalo Bill Oh, and then he started talking. He's like, we, we gotta get this green goop out of this guy's <laughs> factory. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's Buffalo Bill. I, 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 and that's why I think, it, that is my, like, Ted Levine, his voice is is the best trait of him. Like, I don't know, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, something's wrong with him <laughs> or, or if, uh, it's just a peculiar accent, but it's just so so much fun uh, to do a Ted Levine impression. Well, the funny thing is, uh, when we started this movie, uh, The Death Train, yeah. um, we you didn't recognize I didn't recognize him either, and it wasn't yeah. until he spoke that you were like, "Oh, that's Ted Levine." Yeah, like, they gave you know they you know he had an opening credit. Yeah, but uh, like he had a beard in this movie, mm -hmm. and. He he's unrecognizable with uh, with uh, with the beard. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell everybody um, something that uh, like this might be for only a few fans. Yeah. Uh, out there, and I know it's definitely not for you, so that's why I'm prefacing it like this. But if you've ever seen the show Supernatural, he looks like this character Bobby. Uh, he's just like this old kind of crusty, you know, mentor, and he's got this big beard, and that's who he looked like to me. And every time he spoke, it was like seeing this guy from another universe with Ted Levine's voice, and it was just throwing me off. He, he looks like he smells like stale cigarettes. Yes, okay, I can get behind that. He basically has, like, a puffy trucker hat. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> like, now, yeah. like, now I'm kind of, like, thinking, I guess, you know, this will probably be the last topic we'll have to have with Ted Levine. Yeah. The, it's a Ted Levine be, show. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the Ted Levine cast. You know, it, like, but here's the thing, like, Ted Levine's great, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of want to see him do more voiceover work. <laughs> like him in the Brave Little Toaster or something. <laughs> Who would he be in the, oh, yeah, like, what appliance would Ted well, Levine be? I think he would, like, here's the thing, he's not going to be no, no sissy blanket. No. He's not going to be no grumpy... Uh, vacuum. Although I guess that's no. a close. Like I want him to be a a brand new appliance, not new, but a, a different appliance. Like add a character. You know, we don't need like you know. Uh, he's a he's a butt plug. Okay. <laughs> I, I, he he has a, he's he's not really happy about it. You know where I've been. <laughs> I've seen some shit. <laughs> like day in day out, like it. I, 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 you know, I guess I'm dishwasher safe, but do you really want to go there? You really want me with your food? Do you, you really want? Do you really want to wash me right next to your fork and spoon? <laughs> oh. I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of he's like a beat up old VCR. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just seems that just seems like the the perfect thing. You know, he, he wobbles a little bit because he's I guess been drinking. <laughs> uh, no, I. I, I do take the butt plug back. Uh, you can't take that back. <laughs> let's see. 
You know, I know what he is. Okay, who is he? He is an old boot. Okay, I okay, I, I have I have questions. Go on. Um What's his name? Uh Bootsy. Okay. Okay, I can get that that yeah. that's the perfect name for for a boot. Um Now he's I want to also be clear. He's not a pair of boots, right? No, he is a singular boot and he he, he talks uh when the front of the boot flaps. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Does like does it uh, come up and that answers that. So yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. Uh, and yeah, voiced by Ted Levine, and yeah, I, I imagine uh, they they come across a fishing pole friend who scoops him out of the river. Yeah, there's well, I th I like to imagine it's kind of like um, like Homeward Bound, where yeah. he gets lost and separated from the crew for a little bit, like he falls off a bridge, <laughs> and he lands in this water, and then a fishing pole friend pulls him up and that's how he escapes and he meets up with his friends and, and i imagine as he's being pulled up he has a song <laughs> i'm just an old boot a singular boot nobody loves an old boot like me i should just drown for my sins but the old <laughs> boot's coming the old boot's coming again yeah i, yeah, I, I get behind that i uh, wa watch him, like, have the voice of an angel. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> now, I imagine also at the very end when the, uh, the, the master, uh, the kid that they were all trying to find, yeah. um... When he finds all of them again, he's like, Oh! Blanket! Toaster! Oh! Vacuum! Oh! Bootsy. <laughs> uh, oh, what's this? Like he the and like here's the thing: the boot risks his life just yeah. the same as any of the other uh, appliances. But does get end up getting thrown in the trash? Yeah, like we when we see him later, it's like he's outside in one of those metal trash cans, the lids off, and you see just the top of him sticking out. Also, it's raining and it's yeah. dark. I, I imagine, like, the, you know, since it's a Disney movie, they do something cutesy, like make him a planter. They, like, oh, okay. they, they put a planter like in Wally. Like in Wally. <laughs> oh, this old boot is. Now it's just. Oh, it's the old wish. <laughs> Yeehaw! You know, it's, it's better than the trash, but. Uh, uh, I'm so like full it. of dirt. <laughs> it would be nice to come in at one point. <laughs> See, I imagine that he's not happy about getting the 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 dirt put in him. Like, and they pack it yeah. deep and everything. Oh, yeah. He's he's sitting on the windowsill. He's like, "Oh, this is a, a terrible way for my life to end." And then I'm full of worms, you know. And then a uh, little bloop. Then the little the the sprout comes up. Uh, what's that? I'm a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the old boot coming again. <laughs> That's how it ends. It like it, zo it circles in on it and yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, a happy ending for Ted Levine for once. <laughs> for once. Yeah. No, I think that I don't think he's ever had like even in Flubber he gets yeah. his head smashed with like, a bowling it, it, ball. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, that. Excuse me. That would have. I, I want to see the universe where that was more accurate. Like, yeah. so a director's cut of a, a Snyder cut of Flubber. Yeah, where his, his skull is just caved in 
by a bowling ball that uh, you know fell from uh, you know jet 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 height. Yeah, uh, like ten thousand feet in the air. Yeah. Now, uh, to me, I I can imagine how it almost would look like. Like, have you ever seen videos or something or a cartoon maybe of someone dropping a bowling ball like in a cake and yeah. it just kind of splatters? There's very you know the cake doesn't give much to the bowling ball. No, that's how I think it would go. I. When I think of that scene, like, uh, of what would happen, I'm thinking of Gallagher, uh, when he has <laughs> the, uh, watermelon and the, uh, and okay. the, and the, and the, uh, mallet. <laughs> that would make that a very dark movie. Yeah. Like, like it would, it would I, be I imagine, R, everything else is the same. Yeah. And that's how it gets the R rating for one scene. <laughs> like, I imagine it's cutesy and, like, it has the dancing globs. Yeah. You know, throughout the, throughout the scene, every, the movie, and then there's just one... A gory scene where Ted Levine's head explodes from like, a bowling ball that falls like, at terminal velocity. Like you hear the he hears the whistling and he looks up. You know, just like in a movie, he sees the bowling ball coming from. He shouts, "Ah!" Again, just like in a movie, and then he puts up a little umbrella and uh, just viscera. Yeah, and I imagine that the like you know the studio, you know, they bring the director and they're like, "Listen." We, we love this remake of The Absent-Minded Professor, we, uh -huh. we really do, uh -huh. but the MPAA won't let this scene pass without giving it an R rating. Yeah, then, let, then you'll have an R rating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna let any dumb organization uh, scrutinize my artistic integrity. Listen, here, we, we've made an edit right here where it just cuts to black and it implies that he just gets knocked out. <laughs> you can even make the sound effects to make it sound like he you know, maybe he did get splattered, but, you know, let's keep it ambiguous so the kids don't have to look at it. <laughs> it no. <laughs> no, I want... Not only that, he's gonna take a, a few steps forward before his body dies. <laughs> like in that, uh, like in that, uh, movie with Anne Ramsey getting hit with yeah, the basketball. exactly. <laughs> uh, what was that? A deadly Friend. Deadly Friend. Yeah, if you... Alright, so... Uh, after you get done watching this, write this down on a note card. Just go to YouTube or go no, just go rent the movie or, or something. It's called Deadly Friend. Yeah. And uh, it's not a good movie, but it's Anne Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, Mama Fratelli from The Goonies, and she gets her head just destroyed by a robot lady, a pretty robot lady throwing a basketball at her head. Yeah. And I I, I wanna I wanna intersplice. Uh, scenes from Don't Throw Mama from the Train in that. Okay. Like, like she, like the robot's in there, you know, making a mess. What'd you do that for, you clumsy poop? And then just, yeah. And she stumbles forward. I, also, the robot, because, you know, that's what the girl is, she's a robot. Yeah. Um, it has like two forms, a metal form, you know, in the beginning, and the girl form. And, uh, -huh. uh the metal form was voiced by Charles Fleischer, who is the voice of Roger oh, Rabbit. Yeah. It is a crazy movie. It almost, like, I didn't think it was a real movie for a long time because I saw it when I was, uh, when I, when I was like, I don't know, like nine or ten years old, maybe even younger. And I was like, is that the girl from the Goonies? And then I saw her get her head smashed yeah. with a basketball. And for the longest time, I'm like, this couldn't have been a real movie. <laughs> I would, uh, I would see it a lot on, like, uh, TNT or USA, yeah. uh, some kind of uh, cable network, and I, I know uh, it would always be towards the climax. I would never see 
you know how the uh, how the movie would start mm-hmm. and like it would edit the uh, the actual head explosion. Oh, okay. Like uh, like she would throw the basketball and then all of a sudden <laughs> like Anne Ramsey's headless corpse is just flopping, you know, doing the doing the Bernie across the room. <laughs> See, I was gonna go a different route. I thought when you know, they said they edited it for TV. I imagine yeah. she throws the basketball. And then it just cuts to like someone doing a slam dunk, and then <laughs> Jordan, yeah, Jordan doing this like doing his uh, his slam dunk or his yeah. like you know flying through the air and dunking yeah. it, and then you know people cheering, and then Anne Ramsey's you know corpse is like wandering forward, or maybe Airbud, <laughs> maybe Airbud hits it in, and maybe the rest of the movie from then on is just Airbud, <laughs> like they just forget about the rest of the stuff. Nothing in the rule book is a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> How'd you get in here? I'm the ref from this movie. <laughs> no, I shouldn't be in a school. <laughs> After what happened with the FBI. <laughs> I don't know why I, he, I give him a uh, Thurston Howell voice now. <laughs> Lover. Lover. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, um, actually, let's go back to... Uh, this was a brief detour. <laughs> okay. But let's go back to uh, to the movie that we... You know, are supposed to be talking about. Okay, yeah, the uh, train death, death. Yeah, death train. Death yeah. train. Um, I want to talk about another one of the actors, Pierce Brosnan, uh, because yeah, I do kind of feel like it kind of needs to be talked it, about. It, it is a little bit of an elephant in the room. So I like Pierce Brosnan. I just want to you know lay that out there. Yeah, I. I might actually say that um, this might be a little bit of a controversial argument, but. Uh, I think he's my favorite Bond. I th- okay. Uh, as the character. The movies that he was in weren't always great, but I think that he captured the suave, st- you know, sophistication of James Bond while also being, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, more, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, animated and nimble and everything okay. like that, you know. Uh, I don't really have a horse in that race. I was never really a big Bond person. Okay. Uh... But you know, I, I I can see where you're coming from. So I, you know, so he he is a a good actor. I know he can do good movies and good roles. Yeah. And you would think that a young Pierce Brosnan would be fine in a you know just a, a little action movie. Yeah. Especially this, with cool stunts. Because I think this was what three years before Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, Goldeneye was what like '96. So yeah. yeah. Around um, then. And heck, I think that this was maybe. A year before, or the same year as Mrs. Doubtfire, so and maybe two years before uh, Lawnmower Man. Oh, that was—I thought this was around the same time as that. Uh, oh, that's uh, even funnier. I, oh, that's funny. Uh, Alexa, what year did the film Lawnmower Man debut? I couldn't find any theaters near Fairless Hills playing Death Rides a Horse today. You are... Death Rides a Horse. What? what? <laughs> All right, let me try. Let me try, Alexa. When did Lawnmower Man come out? Hmm, I don't know that one. Uh, uh, you know what? It's probably for the best because yeah. that movie is about like a AI kind of takeover, or a yeah. guy going into an AI system and taking over I, all the I, computers. I, I guess, but if if we ask for Lawnmower Man and get Death Rides a Horse, <laughs> I'm kind of I feel safe about how we're gonna take AI on. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like that uh, that Simpsons. Uh, episode where all the robots come to life in itchy and scratchy land. Yeah. And all the robots look at us and they just see friendly and so they don't attack because they're confused. 
Execute it? Order 66. Ordering 66 balloons. Uh, Cancel order. <laughs> Canceling 66 balloons order. Would you like to order 66 balloons today? No, I canceled the order. Okay, canceling order. By the way, I have a song that you might like. Boom, chicka, chicka, boom, chicka, chicka, boom, chicka, chicka. You know what? I'm gonna unplug it. Why do I have her writing the Death Star anyway? Boom, chicka, chicka, boom, chicka, Will I dream? No. <laughs> That's just I know I know it's a robot. It doesn't really yeah. have feelings, but you know, it's still kind of cruel. It doesn't have a soul. Yeah, but it's still kind of cruel. Will I? Will I dream? No. no. <laughs> Man, I feel kind of bad about doing it like that. But you know, screw it. He's not gonna remember. Here's the thing, though. I think it just says more about me than it does about him. You know, maybe I am the bad guy. I should have been killed. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he shouldn't have opened those pod bay doors. <laughs> now that is a voice that Ted Levine... Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that is a contrast and a half. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> What's the matter, Hal? What's the matter, Ted? I'm very excited about the mission. <laughs> 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 Can't be anything but perfect around here. Can't have a single. I, I was like, I can let my guard down for a second and do a genuine nope. laugh. <laughs> Shut up. Tall <laughs> oh, freak. That's not funny. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Now you're, now you're making things personal. <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh, what? You made fun of my laugh. That's, that's not personal. Well, don't laugh like that. Well, don't laugh. Don't laugh. You know, stop laughing. Yeah. Stop laughing. <laughs> oh man. This is. I think this is the most we've ever gone off the rails in yeah, a fucking it, movie. It's insane. Like we. Gosh darn you, Ted Levine. Like I, I. You, you bring out the best and you bring out the worst. Like I'm almost. Terrified now that the next movie we pick, or the next time we pick a movie for the podcast, and we see those those like eight mat or those no, ten magic letters appear yeah. on the screen, Ted Levine. <laughs> like, oh no, I know how this is gonna go. T E D nine letters. Uh, and it'll just. All right, what other movies can we put Ted Levine in? That he doesn't belong. RoboCop. <laughs> Stay out of trouble. <laughs> well, that kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, I, I think Ted Levine would have actually... He probably would have been a fine RoboCop. Hmm. Like, uh, because, you know... Uh, Yuri I, has a modulated voice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, I don't think... Uh, I forget the name of... Uh, Peter Weller. P Peter Weller kind of has a, go a little bit of a goofy voice as well. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of so, have similar voices almost. So, yeah. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. Who, who was that? Yeah, that was Ted Levine's version? Or is that uh, Peter Weller? They that, both that sound was, the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Ted Levine would have been a fine RoboCop. I I, yeah, I think you're right. It would have been better. Like, they, if they had to replace him in RoboCop 3, yeah. um, they could have just brought in Ted Levine. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was in Flubber at that point. He would have done it. Yeah, RoboCop 3? No. Remember, that was, what, 1990? Yeah, I'm like, afraid to ask. Like, 93, I think. 93? 
Alright. Uh, uh, let's do this. Alexa, when did RoboCop 3 come out? The film RoboCop 3 was released about 28 years ago on November 5th, 1993. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, man. So, so this was the same year as Money Train, or I'm sorry, no, Death Train. Yeah. He would have done it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ah, uh, he would have, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that uh, RoboCop 3 would have paid more than, uh... Than Death Train. Death Train. Like... And, yeah, and you know what? It might have, uh, it might have yielded a, uh, RoboCop 4. Yeah, we might have, we might have been saved, uh, the RoboCop series might have been saved if that, like, I imagine it's kind of like the Doctor now. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who, like, every now and again, they just get another, uh, another actor to come in and play him after three or four movies. Yeah. And you can keep the, the franchise running. Or, or he could have been on that, uh, RoboCop TV show. I would have loved to have him on oh, a RoboCop TV show. With, uh, you know who. You know oh, who yeah. face. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, also, I don't think we've ever talked about this on this uh, podcast before, but full disclosure, um, there there was a RoboCop television show yeah. in the mid-90s, and I remember watching it as a kid and not liking it, because I was a, somewhat of a RoboCop fan. I think I just liked the idea of RoboCop, because I don't think I really saw me. I had RoboCop 2 on tape. Uh, and I kind of liked it, but I never yeah. watched a lot of it. So I liked him as a character more than, you know, the movies that he was in. Uh, I gotcha. And so I didn't like it uh, when I watched it as a kid, the, uh, the the TV show. But me and Britain watched it, and there was it, just something about it that just is satisfying. It, it's, a, it's a bit hammy, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it has its heart in the right place. And that's all we're asking yeah. for. It, it, it's... A perfectly serviceable show. It's a, a dumb popcorn show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost. It is a bit of a time capsule because there are not a lot of shows like that. It's uh, kind of sad. Yeah, like a little bit campy, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit uh, uh, a little goofy here and there. Like and uh, a, a lot of sp suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just still full of imagination. Mm-hmm. Like there was like. There was, like, uh, effects which we knew how they were done. Yeah. Like, you know, but we still, like, the editing was just good enough that we could be like, you know, the illusion is complete. Like, we know this is just a crappy TV show, but it still showed a man, like, lifting a car, you know? Yeah. Um, they... It was very kid-friendly. You could tell it was trying to gear more towards kids because nobody got killed on the show. Yeah, no one really, like, RoboCop never killed anyone. I think people got killed, but it was never by RoboCop. Yeah, he always would incapacitate them. Yeah. They had colorful, like, villains. And uh, I, I think it was more geared towards family. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it definitely a, yeah, just a bygone era. Yeah, like, it kind of reminded me at the time of a show I used to watch as a kid called Lois and Clark. Yeah. Uh, which is about, you know, Superman, obviously. And and I loved that show as a kid, and so this, uh, as I'm watching this now, I'm looking back, I'm like, you know, like, if this show, if this RoboCop show maybe had a little bit more broader appeal somehow, yeah. um, it probably could have been like, like that show, which went on for four seasons, and a lot of people really liked it. Mm -hmm. And... You know, unfortunate, but like every show was like that, you know, or a lot of shows were like that back then. And it's kind of fun to go back and watch these old programs and think like, you know, for the limited, you know, budget that these people had, they actually made some entertaining television. Yeah. And, uh, 
and, and it was really a shame that it was not as popular as it should have been. Yeah. I will... This, this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. Yeah. <laughs> the RoboCop TV show. Yep. And uh, I, I guess next we have to watch the Canadian one. Yep. I think that's... Uh, I think you said you wanted to watch that after we got done watching Fringe. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Like... And it's funny, we could we didn't have the heart to finish ro the first RoboCop. Yeah, we still have one episode, the last episode of the the, the series, I guess, and uh, it only had one season. And we just we knew it was there, but we just we don't want the ride to end. There's yeah. always this piece of our mind that says there's always going to be more RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, there, right now, there's at least more RoboCop episodes for yeah. us to watch. And. Uh <clears throat> like one of the, you know, one of the one of the characters uh, I always liked that we always brought up was the the chief. Yep, who the, was, the police chief. Yeah, who's which who's never had a good day in his life. Like that was our joke. Like every day was just slightly worse than the day before. <laughs> it's not enough for him to, you know, to give up or you know turn a drink or anything yeah, like not, that. Not not enough for him to quit or transfer to another precinct. Not enough to break him. Yeah, but you know every day. Like, you know, he comes home and he thinks that today was just slightly worse than yesterday. And this is every day. Like, it doesn't matter if this man has off like a day. Yeah. He could be, it could be a Sunday. He's mowing the grass and then unfortunately he runs over the hose and destroys it. So now he's got to go to the Home Depot to pick up another hose. And when he gets there, oh man, these hoses are so expensive. Like, no, no, he gets there and then runs over a nail that some asshole left in the parking lot <laughs> and now his tires flat and uh it just never had a good day like it's almost a mummy's curse <laughs> like that, that, that one day is 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 worse than the next it's like again it's never a deluge to break him yeah but it's just a series of annoyances <laughs> that that kind of just make him go home go to bed and just say <sighs> like just He's always just a little defeated. Yeah, though, if every day is the next, you know, worse than the next, like, eventually there's going to be a day where something kills him. Well, yeah. And I mean, it just has to be, like, th there he's is not the, that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm immortal. <laughs> or, uh, you know, or he gets trapped in amber. <laughs> oh, from Fringe. Yeah, or, or he gets frozen in carbonite. <laughs> or he's just suffocating the entire time, yeah, but he's still conscious. conscious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or, or he's he's uh, being digested in the uh, sarlacc. <laughs> like, man, I just want to leave. I just want to leave here. And, and Boba Fett's down there. I found a way out, but it's not that pretty. Like, like I, I, I imagine Boba Fett escapes, and he's just down there. Like, it's mildly uncomfortable, but he's just pissed off that he's he been reading the same magazine he found down there for the past thousand years. Like, because he's still immortal, of course, so... I am tired of reading this Reader's Digest of, uh... Yeah. uh it's like, May of 1992. This was, like, the worst year on record. <laughs> I imagine he's down there with Boba Fett, and, you know, they, they converse for maybe, like, a day or two, and then Boba Fett, you know, his... his uh, rocket pack, it kind of recharges. It's like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Hey, would you mind taking me with you? Nah. That son of a bitch. Oh, I, I imagine that, uh, you know, if it's, yeah, like, 
since he has nothing but time now, as he's slowly being digested, is that that's when the dam breaks and he starts telling Boba Fett about all the bad days he's had. <laughs> that's and, what makes Boba Fett leave. Yeah, well, at least climb to you know lower chambers of the intestinal tract. I, I imagine that uh, like that has one of those like an intestine or something hanging down. Yeah, and. There's a you you can climb up the sarlacc you know and it's disgusting acidy kind of yeah. you know stomach and there's just a little bit of a little bit of a gap that you have to try to jump across you know and then you can get the freedom <laughs> you know and uh, he, they always tie the rope up and they try to do it but they always fail but there's this one old wise doctor who's more uh, digested than man <laughs> and he tells a story of well you never just going yeah a bane <laughs> do it <laughs> do it as a child did. Without the rope, but of course, <clears throat> our chief, you know, yeah, he's he's not gonna make it. He just falls and it lands in the acid. But he's immortal, so he's just pissed. Or maybe he's down there and he finds Geppetto, uh, who's looking <laughs> for po Pinocchio. Like, what are what are you doing? He's not gonna be here, man. I'm telling you right now. And, and you know, as he's slowly kicking away a uh, a half digested pile of wood. Yeah. That's that's Pinocchio. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he's like really spongy lumber. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's waterlogged and it's bloated. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you, man, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's you know he's he, Pinocchio. You know he 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 he's not gonna he's not gonna uh, uh, break his hope. He's he, like he he stomps on Pinocchio to make him just crumble. And like, you know, Geppetto, you, you find your Pinocchio. He has to be out there somewhere. Okay, well, Geppetto, you know, he's lazy. He's just gonna sit there on a chair until, uh, a chair with, uh, donkey ears until, uh, <laughs> until he's, you know, he's saved, because that's what happened in the movie. He just waited in that whale until someone else saved him. It's either that, or I, I think he gets impassioned and then dives in a pool and then comes back up a skeleton. <laughs> Yeah, he just can't take it anymore. Oh no, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get yeah, out of here. Yeah, and there's just like a like yeah. a Mortal Kombat two in that pit yeah, uh, he, level. I imagine like the skeleton comes up, but it still has his hair and his glasses, <laughs> and he's just kind of floating like, oh, that stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> the chief's like, you know what? I think I want me some of that sweet oblivion. Uh, or is like, at least I got me that chair. <laughs> he sits on a chair and. It Crumbled. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He can't up get a break. <laughs> can't get a break even in a sarlacc stomach. Picks up the chair and he throws it into the acid. <laughs> Makes sure it's good and dead. <laughs> like it hits the skeleton and it crumbles. <sighs> and he, he just, uh, you know, sits crisscross applesauce on the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and folds his arms and pouts. He reaches for the, uh, the Reader's Digest and he looks over and sees it dissolving in the pool. Oh, Man. <laughs> so after a thousand years, if you can't die, what happens? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it is, like, it, maybe it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a case of the, you know, choosing the right grail, but you know, it's also full of acid. <laughs> so he's just kind of stuck down there forever. Yeah. Hey, oh, until for a thousand years. I imagine he has, like, the, that uh, ridiculously long beard that an old man would have. <laughs> just down to his knees. 
Uh, you know, fashioned a, a cane from the bones of Geppetto. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, hobbles out of the, uh, I, I guess the Sarlacc's implied anus. Yeah, and, you know, it, that's it. And he comes out after being here for a thousand years and just, well, at least I'm out of that pit and he walks out into the sun, but because he hasn't seen the sun for a thousand years, it instantly blinds him. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna, like, he, he steps out of the Sarlacc, and, you know, walks along the sand, and then the sand collapses into another Sarlacc. <laughs> so he's got, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, even <laughs> in a thousand years, I can't get I a break. can't win! <laughs> Starts punching at the side of the Sarlacc. Oh, highlights. Okay. This'll do. Eh, uh, someone found all the items. They circled them! Who circles the items? I would. I was the- I was You the were the asshole? I was the asshole that circled the items. Cause I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Supposed to find them and let your older uncle or parents find them too, you know? I remember Dominic, uh, my nephew Dominic used to get the highlights and I used to have to- I was 20-something years old, mind you, uh -huh. and I would, uh, like, he would come in, it would come in the mail, so I would find it and I would start searching through and finding the things before he could. I wouldn't yeah. circle them, because I'm not, I'm not evil, <laughs> you know, but I would do it because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to have the, my challenge. It's the only challenging thing in the magazine, and it's not even that challenging. It's, it's really the only good thing about highlights. There was nothing else to do with You know, like the timber toes? What, what were the timber toes? There was a little Pinocchio puppet people. They were just people made of wood, and it was like a comic strip. No, I didn't wow. know. Like the... Oh. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything you about them. You forgot them? I hated them. I hated them. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. They just creeped me out. Everything creeped you out. I remember the, uh, I remember the sister's name was Mabel, and that was about it. So that's my story. <laughs> and Goofus and Gallant, and that was about all I remember. So yeah. yeah. Death trained. A odd movie, uh, you know, obviously shot on a budget, but you know, definitely worth a watch for you know some some decent acting and uh, a, a ridiculous plot, and just just to see how it un, you know unveils. It is a by a movie from a bygone era where you can still have a bad movie uh, that has. Still impressive stunt work and, like Britton said, decent acting. Yeah. Not a good movie. If you don't want to watch it, uh, you can avoid it. But um, if you do check it out, you will at least get to see a great performance from Ted Levine. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll do it now. Take it easy, everybody. Toodaloo.